And in those last couple of minutes that I'm fishing, I make a cast with the worm near a patch of hydrilla, and I got bit, and I set my hook, and I knew immediately this was a big fish because the rod broke. Did the broken rod end with a broken heart? Find out on episode 65, brought to you by ReelsandTackle.com. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. All right, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Don Eady, uh, who is coming to us from Florida. Don, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very good, and uh, just so uh, people know, I normally get most of my guests off of uh, social media through Instagram and that kind of interaction, but uh, today's guest, Don, uh, comes to us from a little different route. I met a guy at uh, a Christian men's study group I go to on Tuesday mornings, and he said, he said, oh man, you got to talk to my buddy Don, so... That's exactly what I wanted to do, so I'm excited (laughs) to get to talk with you here. Uh, I know those are the guys, you know, when everybody says, oh, man, you got to talk to him. He's a fisherman. Those those are the best ones, so looking forward to it. Um, So, but before we jump off into the fishing, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, what you do between fishing trips? Well, I grew up in Orlando, Florida, went to school here, Uh, spent three and a half years as a city cop here before I I left there and joined the Army, spent Mm. the next 21 years in the Army uh, in various places. So I retired from the Army in 2001 and then was fortunate enough to get uh, employed by uh, my current company, and we support uh, one of the Army organizations here locally in, in, uh, in Orlando. Okay. Very good. So, uh, I, you said 20 years in the Army, right? 21. 21, okay. So, just uh, real quick, what are some of the places you got to go and, uh, you know, think places you got to see? Well, I got to Germany, I got to Greece, went to Holland, uh, uh, spent my command time at Fort Bragg in 82nd Airborne Division. Wow. Had an assignment, had an assignment in the Pentagon. Uh had an assignment as an assignments officer in uh, PERSCOM. And uh, my final assignment, uh, as a lieutenant colonel, I was a program manager in Huntsville, Alabama, for the Army Tactical Operations Centers. Wow, you got to see quite a bit during your career then. Had a great time. I honestly did. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your service. And uh, I, I was just going to ask, with all those places you uh, traveled, did you get to do any fishing in any of those? I did. I did. Uh, quite honestly, I was surprised that I was able to do a lot of rainbow trout fishing in uh, in Germany, oh. uh, which was to my delight because everyone had told me I wouldn't be able to do any fishing. And I got there and found there were a couple of places I could go and do rainbow trout fishing. And in fact, my son's first fish ever was a five-pound rainbow trout caught in Germany. Oh, how cool. Wow, that's a big one. Five pounds. Yeah, that that's... was his first fish ever. Wow, that's a nice one. So that that was all fly fishing, I take it? No, it was not. It was oh. fishing with spin cast reels. Okay. It was uh, and uh, while in the uh, in the army, uh, obviously I moved around a lot, but I fished a lot of tournaments on the Potomac River, where I met several of the uh, the touring pros up there. Didn't fish against ah, them at that time. Yeah. 
but I fished a lot of tournaments there. Fished down in Lake Anna, uh, a little south of uh, of, of uh, where I was stationed at, and then at Fort Bragg. Clearly, I got to fish everywhere, to include going by canoe down the Black River and the Cape Fear River, all bass fishing. It was great. Uh, in Alabama, I uh, got to fish some of the major lakes and a lot of tournaments there on Gunnersville, oh, yeah. Wheeler, Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, Neely Henry, Logan Martin. Got to fish all of those lakes, which was a great experience. Caught oh, yeah. my first smallmouth. So I uh, had a ball. And obviously, in Florida, I got fish everywhere you you got a few places to choose from here (laughs) i do so you mentioned the potomac you know and that's always kind of intrigued me when i you know i get up to dc on business and look out there and and always kind of wonder man i you know there are fish out there to catch Uh, you know you don't I, i hear a little bit about fishing there so maybe just take a minute or two and kind of talk to us about fishing up there and what it's like and you know what are some of the challenges of that Absolutely. Well, when I first got there, I got to give give them props out. I mean, uh, this isn't a political announcement, but the uh, the first President Bush uh, that was there, mm-hmm. he actually was an avid bass fisherman. He oh, really? Put a lot of money and a lot a lot of yes, he was. He and he put a lot of money into uh, restoring the Potomac because at the time it had a pollution problem and yeah. all. Well, when I when I got there, it was a great great largemouth and and smallmouth bass fishery. Uh, they had really cleaned it up. And uh, uh, the pros there, the Bassmasters had uh, tournaments there. I was there when uh, 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 Jim Bitter, I believe it was, won uh, up there. I was uh, down at uh, the James River when uh, Hank Parker won down there. Wow. Uh, I, I met Gary Sheffield. I met Jimmy Houston and his wife, Chris, all on the Potomac. Uh, hmm. as they were pre-fishing for a tournament, and I just happened to be out fishing, and I, I met those guys, so it was pretty inspirational for me. Oh, yeah. But uh, the uh, at that time, the, 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 the largemouth fishing in particular and the smallmouth fishing was really great, and then you'd accidentally run into a huge striper, and that always tests your skill and your, <laughs> your, your equipment. Yeah, no doubt. So when you're fishing on that kind of a river system, are, are you getting more up off into the offshoots of the river? Are you fishing on the main river? I mean, where, where are you typically finding fish in a place like Both. that? Both. The critical okay. thing was uh, was 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 understanding the tides. Yeah, that was the critical thing. Thing. Uh, slack tide is a tough time, but ingoing and outgoing tides were were prime times, and you could literally load up. and I've seen guys run from south to north, just kind of following the tide pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately for me, in the areas that I that I was in. I understood how the tides work, but I also had some areas that during slack tide, I could always depend on there being some fish in these areas. Ah. And, uh, and I just wait the tide out. So what was it about those areas that, um, you know, made, made them desirable in, in the slack tide conditions? Was it just deep water or, you know? You just hit the nail on the head. In the areas ah. that I'm talking, there were some, there were some uh, random pools that would hold a little more water, had a little more structure, particularly wood and some vegetation and rock mm-hmm. that uh, the fish would kind of congregate in for, for some period of time, and then they'd move off eventually because of the, the, the tide flow. Yeah. And I was able to, uh, to focus on those areas when, uh, when I got there. In fact, when I first got there, I kept a log mm. uh, during the first Smart. time I was there, and I'd log all the conditions, times, 
weather patterns, water temperatures and stuff, and I'd log that. And then I'd go back later and repeat it. And uh, rumor got out that that I was doing that, and there was a gentleman, general that I was working for, General Putnam, who came up and asked me for my log. I told him he couldn't have it. <laughs> no. I said, sir, you can't have my log. I said, but what I will do is I'll get a topo map, and I'll mark some areas with locations and baits and times that I fish them, and I'll give you that. But I'm not giving you my log. My log is still up in the attic at my house right now. <laughs> that would take an act of Congress to get that away from me, huh? No, it'd take a large gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you still do that uh, with your fishing here? Do you still keep logs like that? I don't so much anymore. Uh, recently, uh, when I had an opportunity to fish the uh, the Bassmaster Open here, mm. and a lot of the touring pros were there, so during my pre-fish time, I did keep a log then as I was pre-fishing, and I kept a log uh, okay. with a little more detail to it. And it worked out well for me uh, initially. I, out of 209 boaters, I ended up uh, ninth after a three-day competition. Wow. Very So I had cool. a great time. Yeah, absolutely. So so you were you were fishing as an angler in your own boat? Yes, I was. I okay. was fishing as an angler in my own boat. Wow, that is spectacular. And that's against yeah. a very strong field. We, uh, matter of fact, uh, our the show we currently have playing uh, with Kyle Jenkins, uh, he's the guy who went and did the open trail for two years. You know, he traveled all over fishing as a co-angler. And uh, it was just telling us about, you know, he met, you know, Matt Lee and Tommy Martin and Gerald Swindle. And just, you know, the list goes on and on and on. All the incredible pros they're, out there fishing. They're all they're 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 all there and it, it it was absolutely great i um bobby lane just blew us away after day one bobby lane's day yeah. one there was no catching him he <laughs> he had uh, well over 30 pounds and he just blew us away uh on day one but uh probably the highlight that uh every year there are some guys here uh as a, a guy uh toho marine every year they sponsor an annual tournament for uh, wounded warriors mm. uh, help our heroes, and we really have a great time. And some of the pros come down and uh, and help support us on that. And uh, and uh, it was really a great turnout this year. But it's really a great turnout on uh, uh, on the last five years. They put it on in conjunction with uh, the cities of St. Cloud and Kissimmee, and so that's probably the most. Uh, that thing that I'm most dedicated to every year, being a veteran, uh, yes. we do put that on every year for uh, to benefit those soldiers that's uh, been wounded uh, or injured in one way or another during uh, their time in the military. Right, right. Wow, what an awesome event that sounds like. And that you say that's at Lake Toho. That's in the Kissimmee chain. Kissimmee uh, chain, we actually right? fish it out of Lake Kissimmee out of a place called Overstreet, okay. and the entire Kissimmee chain is available to you for during the competition. Okay. And and if if, if I was just going to ask if somebody wanted uh, more information about that tournament, uh, is there a website or organization? Absolutely. Absolutely. Go on to uh, toholmarine.com. Okay. And if you once you get to toholmarine.com, that's T-O-H-O, mm-hmm. uh, you scroll down and you'll see the, win, the, the Wounded Warriors Help Our Heroes flyer right there. 
Awesome. And when we release this uh, episode with our show notes, we're going to put a link to that in there as well. So it would make it easier awesome. for people to find. So, wow, that's a that's a great tournament. And uh, and just kind of around the corner for me, too. Hopefully I can uh, get over there and uh, maybe maybe participate in that one of these years. So absolutely. A lot of corporate uh, corporate sponsors and all. Mm hmm. Excellent. Well, it sounds like a great time, and I know it's an awesome cause. So, uh, thanks for mentioning that. Um, awesome. So, uh, yeah, obviously, you you mentioned there that you do some fishing in Lake Toho, the Kissimmee chain. That's a pretty famous set of lakes we have here in the Central Florida area. Um, just tell us a little bit about uh, where else you like to fish. Uh, I, I absolutely love going up to Lake Seminole. Like Seminole. Uh, now, where is that? Yes, it's in, in Georgia, Bainbridge, Georgia. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah, Lake Seminole. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, obviously, you have to be careful with all the stumps that are there, but, <laughs> but it is navigable. And you can you just need to understand where you are, and, and when you're running, stay in those lanes. They have them clearly marked, Yeah. And you need to stay in those and obviously pay attention. But for me, <clears throat> um, and I fish a lot of team tournaments, for me and my partners, um, it kind of sets up like the Kissimmee chain for us. We fish it the exact oh. same way because there's lots of hydrilla. Oh, there's okay. lots yep. of hydrilla and, yep. and there's other vegetation and, and, and the same patterns that I use here, I use them on the Kissimmee chain. Okay. Uh, I also, I also like, uh, fishing, uh, Logan Martin in Gunnersville and Wheeler in Alabama, all in Alabama. I love those areas. Okay. So you, you hook up the rig and you, uh, you move around and go hit a lot of different places then. I do so, I do from time to time. I hadn't done, uh, as much moving around in the last year, but, uh, previous years I, uh, I go back and forth, uh, mm-hmm. and, and fish those tournaments, uh, between Lake Seminole, between the Kissimmee chain, Lake Seminole and Alabama, one of those lakes that I mentioned. Very cool. Now, do, do you also fish uh, Okeechobee and Harris Chain and some of our other? I do fish Okeechobee. Okay. I do fish Okeechobee and Harris. Okeechobee, I do well on. Obviously, that's that's just Florida fishing. You can yep. actually get on Toho and lock all the way down to Okeechobee. Oh, really? If you if if you chose to do that, you better uh, better pers- bring some supplies and <laughs> ten. <yep. laughs> it's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah, but personally, I drive down. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, fish a lot of uh, tournaments there. Uh, you know, the, the, we have a, a a series here for us amateur guys. Uh, I fish uh, the extreme series. I also fish the uh, the uh, team series, and several of our tournaments will be down there. And I'll also participate in some of the BFLs, the Walmart BFLs that uh, occur down in Okeechobee and up here. Very cool. In fact, I won one of those that was up here a couple of years ago. I believe it was in 16. I won that one with uh, just over 26 pounds. Very cool. Now, now does that how, – how many days is that? That's a one-day tournament. A one-day bag, 26 pounds. Wow. Yeah, that's a one-day <laughs> tournament. Wow. So, you had a couple of kickers in that bag. Uh, a couple of eights, I did. Wow. <laughs> that's a heck of a day of fishing. Uh, so – well, maybe you know, maybe that's a good point for us to uh, take a quick break, and we'll we'll transition uh, into your most epic story. But uh, if it's if it's uh, if it has a couple eight pounders in the bag or better, it's it's going to be pretty awesome. So I'm looking forward it to will. that. 
<laughs> All right, man. Okay, so everybody uh, hang tight. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. If you ever go fishing by yourself, it adds a little bit extra challenge to get the boat on and off the trailer. A boat launch cord makes launching much easier, so you can get on the water quicker and without damaging your boat. Go to tell.fish slash gear in your web browser and check out the boat launch cord that we like the best. Okay, we are back with Don Eady and uh, just talking about some of the awesome places that he's gotten to fish, you know, not only during his uh, uh, Army career, some of the places that uh, he got to go to and fish while he was uh, stationed around, but also uh, some of the places he still goes um, and fishes now that he's uh, based here out of Orlando. And uh, just before the break, you mentioned the day you had uh, where you had a 20, what was it, a 26-ish? It was 26 plus. 26 plus pound bag for one day of fishing. So that in and of itself, I know, had to be an epic story. So is that the day you're going to tell us about, or is there one even more epic than that? There's a different one that's a little bit better than that one. Oh, wow. Okay. I got to hear this. Uh, so where were you and uh, what was happening that day? All right. Well, uh, I mentioned to you about Toho Marine. Toho Marine also puts on, along with our Bartor Ford, puts on a uh, Elite One Man series. Okay. And I was participating in the Elite One Man series. Uh, we actually launched out of a place on the Kissimmee River called Camp Mac. Okay. We launched out of Camp Mac. I locked back through to Toho. Okay. I locked back through through the locks back to Lake Toho. <clears throat> Went to an area that I that I had really done well in, and uh, an area called Granada. And I got in there, and uh, I think by nine o'clock I had three little fish that were probably a pound and a half to two pounds a piece. And I said, I got to make a move. So I left mm -hmm. and uh, went over to an area out in, in front of an area they called Big Grassy. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, I immediately noticed a, a needlefish jump out of the water. And I said, okay, this might be good. And I made a cast in that area. And as I'm bringing my bait back, <clears throat> got it to the boat, went to lift it up. An eight-pounder came out of the water and grabbed that bait. Oh, my goodness. And right I, at the boat, I, I huh? Mean, Right at the boat. I leaned down and set the hook, and she turned the front end of the boat. <laughs> and I will tell you, John, uh, on that shorter line, I'm trying to help get my drag a little to give me some line. Well, when I finally got that fish in the boat, uh, I, I, and we can use a net, and I got her in the net, got her in the live well, and I sat down to retie. My hands were shaking, so it took me a while. It was a challenge to, to retie my, my, my line. But I got it done. And uh, continuing on. So now I got four fish in that. I'm saying, okay, things are looking up. Mm -hmm. And about 10 minutes later, I got bit and I set my hook. Well, I said, oh, this is another good one. Well, no lie, it was another eight pounder. Wow. <laughs> I cut wow. her up, put her in the live well, and retied. And it, it stayed on like that for about an hour and a half. And about an hour and a half, I caught about 25 bass. But those 25 bass included another six, a five, and a three. <laughs> So um, wow. I got to lock, I got to lock back through and get back to to uh, Camp Mac, and the weigh-in was three o'clock. So I drove on around near the locks and stopped in an area, and I said, you know, I'm going to fish here for another fifteen minutes, and then I'm going to go back and make sure I don't uh, don't blow. You don't want to uh, miss that way, and no, <laughs> that's right. So I didn't know how much I had in the live well, but I knew I had a good sack. Right. And I've called a couple out, and I, I, I've called all those first three fish out. Yeah. So uh, 
I won't name the, the make of the rod, but this day stopped me from fishing. I no longer use these rods. Well, Uh-oh. I'm out there, and in those last couple of minutes that I'm fishing, I make a cast with the worm near a patch of hydrilla, and I got bit, and I set my hook, and I knew immediately this was a big fish because the rod broke. But the line didn't, the line didn't break. The rod broke and the top of the rod slid down to the fish. And this fish literally came up and laid on her side and she was in double figures. Oh my goodness. And I am trying my best to just drag her back to me. I'm just dragging her. She's just lying there. She's not moving. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at a big eye. I could see my hook coming out of the side of her mouth and I'm just dragging her back. She's not doing anything. Well, I get her just outside of net range, and she raises her head and shakes it. Oh. And the hook falls out and literally laid on her gill plate. <laughs> so I am trying to hit my trolling motor to get to her to try to net her, and she just casually rolled over. Oh, and no. Off. Oh, my and that goodness. And that was clearly the biggest fish of the day. Oh, so I wow. took that. I set it down. Well, now it's time to go. And I go in and... uh I get back and I'm thinking that fish is going to cost me this tournament. And, uh, so I go in and I, like I said, I knew I had a good sack. Right. And I pull up. So I asked the guy when I, as I'm coming up, I asked, I said, what's leading? And guys were saying 25 pounds. I said, 25 pounds. And he's, yeah. And I said, well, okay. You think you can beat that? I said, probably. And he said, I said, what's big fish? Uh, there's a couple of sevens. He said, you're going to beat that? I said, I'm going to beat that twice. <laughs> and they go, they go, what? So I get up to the weighmaster. He says, you're going to beat this. I said, yeah. He says, let's see. So he dumps my fish into the, the sink there and dump all the water off of them. And before they even put them on the scale, he looked down at the fish and they go, new leader, new big fish. <laughs> they put them on the scales and John, they weighed 30, 22. Oh my goodness. Wow. That, that is the day. That was the day. It was 30, 22 and I lost my biggest fish. <laughs> it's 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 hard to even comprehend this but you know to have a bag that big and you probably were it, it just about as disappointed as you could possibly be after losing that last fish i mean talk about bittersweet <laughs> i i was disappointed up until they told till i realized i was the winner well yeah that that does help make it a little better right <laughs> yeah the way i see it is sometimes the fish has to win yeah so sometimes the that's fish right. win, and that's just part of it. Oh, uh, well. It's just part of it. Well, even just getting to see that big fish like that at the end of such a magical day, I mean, still is just spectacular. I mean, it would have been nice. It would have been even sweeter if you could have uh, held that one up at the way station. But absolutely. <laughs> but man, hey, that wow. fish would have taken a three. That fish would have taken a three-pound fish out of my live well. Oh my goodness! Talk about a nice call. Wow. So. Yeah. So what was it that day? I mean, you know, obviously the other guys weren't coming close to that. You know, what were you doing or what did you find that day that was, you know, made it so epic? There were just, there were several 25, 25, 24, 22 pound sacks. This fishery is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last uh, uh, uh team uh, tournament, um, there were four 30 pound, 30 pound plus bags. Wow, that's um, impressive. That were fourth. So it's this fishery. It's amazing. Every week it keeps putting, producing those weights, and it just never stops. And if you're not you know, twenty five pounds or twenty four pounds or above, your chances aren't good. 
<laughs> as far as winning. You'll get a right. check. Yeah. Chances of winning, not good. Right, right. But uh, for, for me that day, that first move away from Granada to Big Grassy and seeing that needlefish jump, that clued me in that there were fish there feeding. Mm-hmm. And when I made that cast right in the area of that needlefish, I, I believe that that bass followed my bait all the way to the boat. And then as I lifted up and went to lift it up out of the water, she came up and hit it. Wow. Yeah, and, that was that was more like musky fishing than uh, than bass fishing, getting <laughs> them right at the boat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, my uh, goodness. And, and for the next hour and a half, it was as if I, I suspect for the next hour and a half, I didn't make 10 casts where I didn't boat a good fish. Wow. And uh, and then that last fish, it was one area that I was familiar with that I wanted to go and try. And I went around there, and sure enough, she was there. And I had my opportunity, but mm-hmm. the rod broke. So I don't use that rod, those yeah. rods anymore. No, I can definitely understand that. Wow. Well, it's 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 just magical when uh, when it happens like that, isn't it? When you just get onto them and can't help but catch them. It's absolutely crazy. It's 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 those days that. The, the the tough days make you appreciate those days even more. Right, right, absolutely. They, they make you appreciate them even more. Absolutely. But it's been a great it's been a great run for me. I I've been fishing since uh, well I think probably since I was about four or five. My grandmother and my father started me fishing. We were brim fishing with cane poles, and, and my older brother started me bass fishing. And uh, I've been hooked ever since, man. And I even fish tournaments now. I have a uh, 17-year-old grandson that uh, that I get to fish a tournament once a month with. Oh, how cool. So yep. passing on all that great information that uh, you've been able to learn fishing all over. And uh, so is he thinking about trying to go into it uh, more seriously? or Without a, without a doubt. He, yeah. Uh, he said to me once we were on our way to the lake, he says, Papa, when I when I get old enough to get a car, I'm going to make sure I can pull a boat. And I said, well, <laughs> then you're going to have to get a boat. And he looks back at my boat. I said, well, that's my boat. He says, yeah, Papa, <laughs> but one day, he says, one day you're going to be old enough that I'm going to have to take you fishing. You won't be able to take me fishing. <laughs> so, oh, I love it. It, 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 is, it is generational because it skipped his father, my son. It skipped mm-hmm. him. He's not that crazy about it, but Jalen is absolutely addicted. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I I can just uh, see the same thing with, with my sons. I don't have any grandkids yet, but uh, when when my boys get a little older and we have grandkids, I can I can see them doing the same thing and how awesome that must be to uh, get to take your grandson fishing like that. Uh, that's it is. special. Absolutely special. Well, um, well, Don, I knew it. I just knew it when uh, I got the recommendation that we were going to have a, a seriously epic story. And man, that certainly was. Um, you make me want to uh, go hook up the boat right now and uh, skip work today and go <laughs> go bass fishing. That was well, just sometime great. when you're in the area, give her a holler and maybe we can get out together and spend a day or a half day together. I would love that. That would be excellent. And uh, I know awesome. I know I would learn a couple things and uh, uh, just be a lot of fun to fish with you. So, man, we'll uh, hopefully make that happen. And in the meantime, uh, just uh, keep those lines tight. And uh, thanks so much for coming on and sharing that story with us today. Absolutely. No problem. If you're new to podcasts, there's a simple way to get our latest episodes delivered straight to your mobile device. For iOS... 
just click on the purple podcast icon. For Android, click on the play music icon. Then search for Telltale Fisherman, hit subscribe, and get ready to enjoy the most epic fishing adventures in the world. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.